0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm solo today. I had my conversation with Joe DeSena earlier this morning at about 6 a.m., and I'm excited to bring that to you. So a little bit about Joe. Joe, of course, is the CEO and the founder of the Spartan Races, so you're going to hear Joe talk a little bit about how he came up with the process, how he came up with the races, what the Spartan Races mean to him. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the events coming up, some of the things that Spartan has to offer. And we're also going to talk a little bit about how some of these new changes for the Spartan races that I've been talking about for the last couple weeks have come into play and just how he feels about them. So just a little bit of a history on the Spartan race. So Spartan race, like I said, was created by Joe DeSena. The first Spartan race was held in 2010 at uh, the Catamount Outdoor Center in Wilston, Vermont. And it was a sort of spinoff of another race called the Death Race, which was a 48-hour endurance race. So at this first race, there were about 500 people. Spartan Race, there was about... At this first Spartan Race, there was about 500 people. And Joe's sort of mission statement was overall to rip 100 million people off the couch to get them onto the obstacle course. So there's a few different types of events, events, events for the Spartan Race. So if you're ever interested, you know you can find an event for all levels, different distances all around the world. And some of these events, there's the Spartan Sprint, which is a 5k event, the Spartan Super, which is about a 10k event, and the Spartan Beast, which is about half marathon, Spartan Ultra, about a 50k. All those distances, give or take, Uh, and they they range in terms of the obstacle count. So Spartan Sprint boasts about 20 obstacles all the way up to the Spartan Ultra, which is like 60 plus obstacles. So you can find something for every age level as well as there are the Spartan kids races. They are now introducing the Spartan Trail series, which are not obstacle courses, I believe. I think they're just trails. So for any of you who don't want to try necessarily the obstacles, you can get out there and do the trail series as well. They do have the stadium events known as the stadion events or stadion events. Nobody really knows how to Pronounce it, which is fine. Uh, but those are basically events that are, that take you through stadiums, like uh, sports stadiums. I've done one; they're a lot of fun, really, really challenging. Lots of stairs, uh, and you know, you, you still have the obstacles set up within the stadium, so it's really, really interesting. There are hurricane events as well. So the hurricane events are team building events. These last anywhere from 4, 12 to twenty-four hours, and there's not necessarily a start and finish, but it is get through the time and get through all the necessary tasks. So those tasks change based on the location of the race. So there's a lot of different a lot of different facets to the Spartan races. You know, one of the biggest facet of the Spartan races, one of the things that sort of differentiate it from other races are of course the burpees. So we're going to talk a little bit about how he felt about the burpees being taken away. So with this conversation, I wanted to get right into it. There are so many interviews out there with Joe and about Joe, so I didn't want to get too much into who he is, what makes him tick that much. I really just wanted to talk to him about some of these specific ideas and changes. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So look, without further ado, here is my conversation with Joe DeSena, the CEO and founder of the Spartan Races. Hey, Joe, how are you? I think you're on mute there.
1: I was on Zoom. I was on Google Meets. It was asking me for passcodes, and then somehow it just worked.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's how it goes for me, too. I can never figure it out, because uh, I go between Zoom and Google myself, so whatever happens, happens.
1: <laughs> let's, let's do it. What are we doing?
0: All right, man. So, yeah. So, look, thanks for coming on. So, uh, everybody knows basically who you are who's listening to this. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm with Joe DeSena, the Founder of the Spartan Races, the CEO. So yeah, basically I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about some of the changes that have happened uh with the races, how you feel about them. Uh but first foremost, let's get into an elevator pitch. Who who is Joe DeSena today?
1: What are you all about? Who is Joe DeSena? Joe DeSena is in his fifties, but somehow he still thinks he's a teenager. He um <laughs> He's committed every day to working out and sweating and earning his breakfast. He loves cold shower. I, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't love cold showers. They suck, but I do them. Um, four kids, just moved down to Orlando. Got a, a new office going on down here. I, I, I'm not one for this um, work remote thing. I like to get people together, whether it's right or wrong, it's just who I am. And so we're doing that down here in Orlando. Um, trying to relaunch what was shut down and stuck in the ice like Shackleton's ship um, for two years because of uh, COVID. Yeah. We were, I mean, everybody knows. And the, and the restart is actually harder than being stuck in the ice. The restart is um, getting all the sand out of the gears, spending tons of money to get everything stood back up. And, um, and then you don't have all the staff you had, you know, When when we went through that, so that's a challenge, and um, and we're seeing signs of life. We're seeing some good stuff, and the best part of my last three years, I was just in the Ukraine for uh, three days, and it was absolutely awesome. Yeah, wow. I got a I got a Ukrainian jersey on.
0: Nice, nice. What brought you over there? Was were you are you doing some new stuff over there with the races,
1: or we have races over there? We I want to move a world championship there as soon as the war is over. Sure. I want to get a hundred thousand people to come and wow. run it and um celebrate U- ukraine's uh, freedom at that point and um i had some friends that are very very successful in life and they're just supporting um ukraine so because i have connections i was able to get us in and <clears throat> sit down with some senior folks and make sure the money goes to the right place yeah that's awesome that's real awesome um i mean
0: that's that's an ambitious so you're, I think people who know you know that you have these huge goals for the races, getting people off the couch. You know, want to rip a million people off the couch and and onto the onto the race arena. So speaking in that avenue, so in terms of the Spartan races, how did that all come about? So it's been around for a while now. It's it's getting much more more popular in Australia. We only unfortunately have like three or four events a year. I'm hoping that changes.
1: But how did that all come about for you? Well. Go back to the 1970s my mom walked into a health food store she met a yogi and the yogi had some uh, ideas around health and wellness it was very groundbreaking at that point in the in the western world she bought into it she started yoga she started meditating she started eating healthy became a vegan started running this yogi put on a race that still exists today at 3100 mile foot race around a one mile loop in queens new york 3,100 miles that's the, the, the um, transcendence run. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And so um, so I got introduced at a very young age to these ideas, these forward thinking, and but very ancient ideas. And um, fast forward, I did what everybody does. I went and got an education. I went and got a career. I made some money and I didn't feel so healthy. It didn't feel so purposeful. Mm. And I said, screw it. I'm going to try to change the world. I'm going to put on events that... Make people cry, and in that in that struggle, they become better, they become stronger, they become the best version of themselves. So, here we are, uh, twenty two years later, and uh, we're Spartan strong. We're tough mutter tough. We're uh, we've got Spartan Trail. We've got all kinds of events, and um, we're kicking ass and taking names.
0: Absolutely, I can attest to the tears. I did my first uh, Spartan Ultra Beast last year. I definitely there were some tears to be had there. That. That uh, that sucked, but it was awesome at the same time. It was awesome mm. at the same time. Finishing that yeah. thing, just amazing. Um, so, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with Spartan. I mean, obviously, you're talking about these these new things that are coming out. You know, Spartan Trail starting to pick up here as well. We've got this new Unbreakable Pass. Can you talk a little bit about what the Unbreakable Pass
1: is for everybody listening? Yeah, I mean, so we have these events that exist all over the world, and the idea was, could we sell? passes that would um allow folks to travel mm-hmm. and do uh, a mountain bike race one of our mountain bike races or do uh, a long distance trail run, or, or whatever it might be and and we never before have been able to pull all the brands we have together all the disciplines together and so the idea was let's create a pass let's have it last nine years and uh the unbreakable Pass was was born yeah. it's um we're not we're not selling this thing forever. Once it's done, it's done. The end of this year, it's way too cheap, even though it's expensive for the consumer. Um, the last nine years, and it'll basically fill your calendar for the next nine years. You'll be you'll be busy for nine years, you know. So that's the um, that's the unbreakable pass.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, on paper, actually, yeah. Whilst whilst expensive, I mean, what you're getting out of it. Not a, I mean, kind of all the season passes for Spartan are pretty good deal. Like they're just, they're just worth it, especially when you figure the cost of the individual races, it's kind of like a lot more bang for your buck. So there's been talk about this, um, uh, this part of this part of the past where there's, there's a burial plot in Greece for anybody who, who is interested. Is that, how is that sort of, how does that work? Yeah, the mayor's been asking us
1: for a while, the mayor of Sparta, Greece, to yeah. um, build a memorial. So um, working with artists and trying to come up with something really cool in ancient Sparta, um, where folks could go and, you know, celebrate the ethos and, re- and you know, have some remembrance of, um, of what those ancient warriors did 2,500 years ago. And the folks that buy a pass will get their name in a brick and those bricks will be around the 300 tombstones representing the 300 that fell uh, during Thermopylae. So um, I've mentioned on you know a number of podcasts and so forth that you could take that brick and, um, for me, put your ashes, your remains when you die under that brick, and so you could lay there for eternity with the 300. And, oh, my God, did that cause an uproar? People are so upset, and this is ridiculous, and I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like the, 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 when I first heard it, um, my first question was, how do we, how do, how is that something that we even do? I mean, obviously it's a best case scenario. We're looking at somebody who's still on the earth for like 40 years or so. Um, Maybe worst case scenario. I don't know how old the people are, but so in 30, 40 years, is that something that you've been able to set up with them? Just like, Hey, um, I did this thing with Spartan X amount of years ago. Am I allowed to put my well not me my relative goes to sparta look my relative who died he did this thing with sparta are we allowed to put his ashes here is that like something we can still do
1: You're i i i re- i expect this is the way it will go down uh your relative shows up in athens um uh, rents a hertz vehicle drives it um you know for three hours gets to the monument looks for the brick that has your name in it um Hangs around, puts some flowers down, you know, and um, when nobody's looking, lifts up the brick, stick, sticks your ashes under there, right puts on. the brick back, and um, and there you go.
0: That's fair. That's that. I mean, people have been doing that for years, I guess. Um, I know my family members have taken or wanted to take ashes to like Splash Mountain in Disney World and do the same thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's fair. That's honest. I like it. Um, all right, so. Getting to a little bit more about what i uh, I wanted to kind of talk to you about. so obviously in the last couple of weeks, there's been some big changes with with some of the events, uh notably the age group and the elite uh, sort of national series events. Um, so in terms of the elite series events moving moving the events down to a three k now for me i i you know I know you can pack a lot of punch into a three k um but it it feels very different from what it has been so do you do you have any kind of feedback or insight as to why, or what that's all about, why it's kind of happened? I,
1: mean, I think that the, the biggest reason for the change in, in the shorter distance is um, at the end of the day, the Olympics needs to appeal to a large audience around the world, right? The, the, the amount of money spent to build the stadiums, to broadcast the, the events. And so it's got to appeal to a huge um, digital audience very hard as you know to film 13 miles or 26 miles i mean it's just it's just hard um also not quite as exciting as it is um short distance you've seen some you know short distance races between like firemen and stuff where they've got to go up ladders and you know uh, attack some obstacles and um it's fast in some cases it's a minute or less but it but it does catch your attention so I think that's the the impetus behind it is is how do we how do we make this good for TV mm. and still and still keep it honest. Right.
0: Yeah, I I guess that makes sense. And that was kind of what what I had thought that it was kind of like a let's I mean, because look, I I mean I watched the the uh championship events the beast level events they're a couple of hours long i mean not everybody has that attention span especially for for it's kind of spartan still sort of a niche sport you know um and in speaking which i was going to save this for a little bit later but we already you kind of touched on it so the olympics what so you you would like to see the spartan event in the olympics do you think i mean i'm not going to ask you if you think it's possible because if you didn't you probably wouldn't be talking about it but in terms of Spartan being a niche sport, what do you think the timeline of that, if it's even possible, would be like?
1: 2028, it'll 2028. be in the Olympics. Okay. It'll be in LA. It'll be part of pentathlon. It's already been announced. Yep. Um, so we're there. And um, it's you never going to... Sorry. You're gonna... not going to see it as a brand name because the Olympics won't allow that, right? But you will see you'll see our, our obstacles out there. And, you know, you have Ironman, the brand of triathlon, and then you've got Olympic triathlon. So two, two different things. You don't see Ironman in the Olympics. So very, very similar um, to what you see there.
0: Yeah. And I guess that was going to be my next question. Will it be Spartan as a brand or more Spartan? I mean, as an obstacle course race. So probably over the next say five, six years, it's going to, the sport's going to change slightly a little bit more. We're talking maybe spear throw turns into that laser rifle sort of thing. Um, I'm assuming, you know, some more change will be made to more integrate it into the Olympics. That's how we're seeing this play out a little bit.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, um, maybe we'll do rhythmic gymnastics as part of, uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. Nice. Um, Color guard. I like it. You've got to, you've got to adapt and we got to, we got to make it work for everybody.
0: Okay. And, and so moving on to this next thing. So the, the next piece of news that I thought, cause look, the 3k event, it's interesting to me. I think it's, um, you know, I liken it to, you know, just changing the style of sport that you're doing. doesn't mean that it's not challenging. Does it turn into a different sport? Maybe, but at the same time, if the spirit's still there, you know, sports change all the time. Baseball today and baseball from a hundred years ago. So the next piece of news that I thought was really interesting, probably the biggest thing to hit since I've been racing, and I've only been racing a few years, is the the, the lack of burpees now for age group and, and national series. So I race age age group regularly, uh, regularly. Sorry, age group and elite. I know you've been really kind of for the burpees since day one. First off, how did the burpees kind of get into Spartan? Like, what was why did we introduce burpees into Spartan and, and B? How do you feel about them going, going away?
1: Um, I was really concerned that folks look, human beings are lazy. The number one motivator for a human being is the avoidance of discomfort. Mm. Everybody listening, you and I, it's all the same. We want to avoid discomfort at all costs because our brains require so much energy to operate that the brain um, recognizes those things that are hard as threats so and it happens on a subconscious level um when folks were running the the obstacle races in the early days or even today uh the tendency was to skip the obstacle and so i had to come up with a a punishment (laughs) for lack of a better word right something that you could do that just was so awful but kept you healthy burpees i believe will help you stay healthy but it was so awful That would force you to get back on the obstacle uh, mentally. And so that was the burpee. That was the 30 burpee challenge. There's been a ton of controversy for, you know, 13 years now um, around the, you know, the burpee. Could we get rid of it? Mm. Too hard. So many more people would do the race. And I've been um, fighting it tooth and now. Um, Got a couple of folks on the team and this, you know, the, the World Obstacle Federation, like they came together and I guess they're trying to get some burpees out of, out of my races, but who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll stick them back in. I, I'm a pretty controversial guy and um, I'm pretty stubborn and I love the burpee. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting the way they put it before. So it's like, obviously people, yes, we're by nature lazy. We want to get from A to B as fast as possible. And it's, I feel that's kind of the point. Like for me, when I first heard the news, I was like, yeah, burpees do suck, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like the point. If I, if I wanted something easy, I wouldn't do a Spartan race. Right. So how do you think that, do you think that affects the spirit of it at all? Or well, to what, to what end?
1: No, no, I don't think, I mean, it's still a very difficult event that that only a small sliver of the world could even do or would even do. Mm. Um, I did mandate that there's has you know, there's got to be some of the obstacles do have to punish you with burpees, no matter what. So, um, I'll see the team, you know, the team is, uh, is not completely informing me. They're trying to change the product without talking to me. Okay. Um, we'll see. So that, once yeah, they, I, w- I wanted did, to talk, touch once on David that. Watson gets back from Slovakia. He's at an agogi right now. Okay. Um, we'll see about all this. so so he had to leave the country to make the decision huh
0: um so okay so when they made this decision were you I guess I obviously look you've got your day-to-day you're probably not in the room for all this stuff so this was obviously I'm guessing a decision that was made without you being sort of in the room being part of it that's right okay okay that's gonna be that uh, that'll be an interesting conversation all right very sneaky Yeah. Wow. And and so when did you, when did you find out as, uh, did you, did you find out before they made the announcement, after they made the announcement, had that, had that hit?
1: I found out when you found out.
0: Right on. Okay. That's a fun wake up call. That's right. What was your first reaction?
1: Um, look, I, I expect that, um, with every passing generation, like I said, we try to make things easier, you know, you started out with 30 minute abs, then you get to 20 minute abs, then it's five minute abs then it's three minute. Abs. Like we don't want to do the work as a species. So I, I know that I've got that pressure coming from everybody all the time. So, you know, deal with it.
0: Yep. Fair. All right. So what is, I guess, in in terms of how it's laid out now, What do you think, do you think this, this layout in terms of 3k event for the national series, do you think that that's going to stay? Do you think that's going to go? Or do you think it'll be something that turns into, let's keep that just for Olympics only if we get into the Olympics and we move back? Or do you think this is kind of like a permanent?
1: Look, I think we'll see. I think we'll see how it plays out. If it it plays out well, um, we, we, um, we believe in fire ready aim. Right. So, so we're, we're, we're going to test it.
0: And what's the future for the Spartan races in terms of, you know, we talked about the Olympics. What kind of legacy does Joe want to leave behind with the Spartans?
1: Well, the ancient Spartans didn't believe in legacy. They believed in doing a great job in the here and now. And so my job is to do just a great fucking job in the here and now get us out of COVID completely get this, this ship completely back on track. And, um, and then whatever, maybe Gerard Butler will become the CEO and take over.
0: <laughs> Jerry Butler. Gotta love it. Phantom of the Spartans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, look, Joe, I don't want to take
0: too much more of your time. I just wanted to get a little bit of an insight into into how you tick, what your thoughts were on everything. I think interesting that, that how it all played out. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all does play out. But yeah, look, thanks so much for coming on. I'll let you get back to your day. I'll get started with mine. It's about 6.30 in the morning here in Australia. Thanks for being awesome. All right, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. So you can find some links to his website, the Spartan website, in the show notes for this episode. So a lot of good insight there. You know, as I suspected, there is, you know, there's some, I don't want to say dissent, but he he certainly, according to him, wasn't privy to the final decision, which was really interesting. And it kind of tells you a little bit about how, you know, how big companies actually work. You know, he's the CEO, he's the founder, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is going to be sort of the buck stops here. So that decision was made without him being in the room and it's not something that I get the impression that he was overall thrilled about and maybe he wants to change it down the line, but definitely some interesting stuff to potentially follow up with and see how that goes in terms of the, the future for the events I think he was pretty straightforward with with some of the things that I asked him, you know, in terms of say the burial plots and the Olympics. I wasn't sure how much we were going to get into it. You know, again, this this conversation this was mostly about me wanting to kind of get to the bottom of the burpees and and how he felt about it cuz it was it was never going to be a conversation about who are you, Joe? What makes you tick? What what is it that you do? What What is this? What is that? What's the Spartan? Blah, blah, blah. Sure, we touched on that. But again, there's so many interviews about that stuff. There's so many conversations with him about it. You can go and, and find Obstacle Course Racing Media, OCR Report, any kind of, uh, I don't know if OCR Report's ever interviewed him actually, but definitely Obstacle Racing Media. I'm sure you can find some stuff uh, with him more in depth. Maybe I'll see if I can get him on the show again one day when everything kind of, Goes how it's going to go. Maybe after the first couple of three K events, a couple of events without burpees. Maybe I'll even try to get Dave Watson or or somebody else on the show, and and see how they feel about it. Maybe I'll even try and get Mappy Davis on the show. That'd be fun, and and see how he feels about everything and sort of what his insight into the Spartan future is. Because I think that that would be you know it's 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 one thing to get that insight from somebody who's with the organization, but then it, it's another thing to get the insight from somebody who is an outsider looking in, but who is also part of the events, part of the organizational stuff, who does participate in the events, you know, because I've got my own opinions on on the Spartan as somebody who races Spartan events. So to me, sometimes that's just, it's it's two sides of the same coin, different sides of the same coin. You get insight from the people who are part of it, but then somebody who actually races the event, they have you know, they don't they won't be having rose-tinted glasses on. Not that not that Joe does, not that people who run the events do, but it's, you know, it's just a different insight that we can get. So anyway, look, thank you so much for listening to this episode of my conversation with Joe DeSena, the creator and the founder of the Spartan Races. I hope you got a little bit out of that and i hope that you're excited to get out there to do a spartan race you know it is a lot of fun if you haven't yet tried it definitely recommend trying it just try a a smaller event try the 5k you know it's 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 challenging it will challenge you it will kick your butt a little bit and it's also something though that is unlike anything that you've ever done before if you've not done an obstacle course race, so i highly recommend it obviously So look, thank you for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. We hope to see you out there on the roads, the trails, the treadmills, and the obstacle courses going above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.